Action! <laughs> G'day, I'm Sean. And I'm Jack, and welcome back to a intercontinental episode of The Sack. The Sack has been spread thin. Tell the viewers where they are. You, this, is, this, is, you know, this is an audio-based medium for, for the majority of people that don't want to have a look at our ugly mugs. So what are you doing? Where are you? Well, um, for the last seven days, I have been in the beautiful country of Israel exploring, you know, uh, seeing the sights with my gorgeous girlfriend, Courtney, and a group of others. We've seen some stuff. I'll tell you what, yeah. the cultural difference over here is immense. It's really, oh, yeah. really like it's something else. And I've, I've learned so much. Like, oh, of course. It, it's actually really cracking. I mean, traveling is stressful. You know, it is a can be a stressful thing, but wow, like I've really immersed myself into this culture, both yep. through cultural eating, which I am exceptionally, <laughs> oh, I, I may have inadvertently put on a couple of extra kgs in seven days, oh. but you know what? I am a happy boy. I've enjoyed some beautiful wine. I've enjoyed some beautiful food and oh, I've Lord. met some incredible people. Yep. Oh my lord! And without without diving too much into, um, because I can imagine there being a vast cultural, um, you know, soup of things that you're just you're just you know trying to absorb as fast as possible. What, let's let's get some superficial questions out of the way. The people that you're traveling with, by the way, I have no concept of this. Is are they all uh, Z-list celebrities like yourself? Or are, are we traveling in a in a pantheon of influencers, or what's going on? Very. There is a connection, obviously, myself uh, being in the space uh, and Courtney as well. So, this trip actually came through Courtney's side of the books. Um, Ooh. Court got an email from this company within Australia got basically saying, hey, want to come and explore Israel? Um, <laughs> you know, and... Yes. We said yes. We said yes. And yep. we've seen some amazing things. And with the, basically the whole purpose of the trip was to, mm-hmm. um, you know, destigmatize the idea of Israel, anti-Semitism and things like that. And it's mm. just been a very interesting learning curve from, from our end, just to learn all about uh, what's going oh, yeah. on here. Now, in terms of who came over, it is a group of, let's say, influential individuals within mostly within the Bondi community. They've burst the bubble. Yeah, so there's a lot of a lot of bubble goers. Um, there's ten of us in total, including the facilitators of the trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been, you know, posting all about our adventures. Uh, yep. you know, and just basically sharing the story of what this country has to offer and it's it's quite incredible. You gotta you gotta you gotta bounce that line, I'm sure people like you. I know sometimes and I'm not saying you, but I from what I've experienced. Oh, you definitely are. <laughs> I'm not saying you, but I'm saying sometimes people tread the line of it's not about how much fun you're having, but how much fun it looks like you're having on social media. And I don't think of you as one of those people. I've, you know, you and I have both been there with cameras down talking, like actually genuinely having a good time. And I know you have the capacity to have a good time, but are there, uh, you know, are, are there moments on the trip where you're like, oh, we definitely should have captured that. And then you try and re like replay that moment on, on film or something. Like, are there, are there those kinds of okay. moments? Is that what traveling with the influences is like? Um, myself and Courtney may have done a couple of photo shoots <laughs> where we are capturing a moment to its 
uttermost beauty. How about that? Okay, I'll take it. We are emphasizing the beauty of the world around us through the use of incredible cameras. I don't know. I don't know if Courtney can hear in the background, but I I can imagine her wonderfully gracefully entering in every single body of water, including the Dead Sea. And then I can just imagine you <laughs> on the other side in the same side of the sunset, being like Cannonball. <laughs> you know, this is so on topic. Um, so myself and Courtney, here she is here, the beautiful girl. Uh, Court, would you like to say hello? What's up? So beautiful so, girl. How are you? Um, we did have a little bit of a moment where we were in the Dead Sea mm-hmm. and um, see, look at her looking at me right now. <laughs> so we had a moment where we were in the Dead Sea and she was looking absolutely stunning and doing this thing and I was just like sizzling like a little like sausage in the water like ooh. She's like, Jack, get a nice photo, get a nice photo. <laughs> it happened. So exactly what you said, it happened. It's going to. We're new to the influencer life. By where, I mean, you are. I'm very new to the influencer life. And Sean, you're getting a little, um, let's say, vicarious taste through me, aren't you? Oh, yeah. That's, that's the best way to live, vicariously. All right. So, Shawnee, 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 Shawnee. How is the Ripper Upper Lipper? It's almost resembling a mo yeah i think it's I, i'm i'm a big fourth quarter player big fourth quarter player i like i don't have i don't have the genes yet to like have everyone know but it's it's at a point of cd where people know that i'm i'm contributing now so i think you know with the campaign as far as we've gone i think we've hit the ground running it's a bit of a slow burn but when we come back into it i'm expecting a you know a solid finish are you going to dye your mo or keep it black oh i've never dyed it before I know, I know. There's a reason I'm asking this because someone we will be speaking to later on this week has got an amazingly pink dyed moustache. Oh, glorious! It would take a robust person. It would, uh, you know, a, that 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 is fantastic. Do they pull it? Oh, real right? Is, is that just for Movember or is that like that is a Movember thing? Yes. Oh man, what? A, what? A, what I'm not going to deep man. dive this anymore because I want you to meet okay. him. But yeah, can't wait. Anyone yeah. that can pull off a pink, pink mustache, you know, is you know, is someone that deserves my attention at least. I know, absolutely, deserves a lot of attention. And I think, <laughs> speaking from my angle, I have got the travel beard coming in in full force. If you can see Amazing. that on your end, so there is going to be some movements within that space yeah. once I uh, remove the lower half of my facial hairs, because I I always find that when I shave the tail. Mm-hmm. The the front side just pops. Accentuate. Ah, it explodes with joyous, joyous, joyous gifts. Now, we do need to mention that every episode we are doing this month, we are doing in support of those that are people within this world, men specifically through the month of November, struggling with mental health, for, uh, people that have got different types of either uh, prostate, testicular, or a few other types of cancers. Mm-hmm. And we are doing this basically to drive donations towards the Movember campaign. We're doing what we can to, to show our support for the amazing work that happens in Movember and you know contributing in any way possible for, for their cause. Love it. Well, we are contributing to the, let's say, lesser known parts of society, the darker parts that a lot of people don't talk about and we're trying to bring light 
onto those uh, just purely for awareness. There is absolutely no uh, financial reason that we are promoting this cause purely just out of the desire of our hearts to love and respect for those that have either struggled specifically with us. You know, we've got a personal passion towards men's mental health, but also know that this uh, amazing charity helps out a lot of different individuals within this world and we are grateful for it. So, please remember that uh, we have both individual and a group donation page called In The Sack, uh, or you can check out Sean Vincent or Jack Miller on Movember, whether you are on the app. We'll be sharing links on our socials to donate as much as you can this November and whenever you want. Let's be honest. It's always, it's always a thing. We're just helping out when we can. Ah, more than that. We are doing our part for society, hopefully. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> All right, Jack. I've got a question. You're an artistic man. You're a beautiful man. You're a man of aesthetics. I do appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, I'm pumping your tires now. I'm pumping your tires. But well, I do have a question uh, for personal interest and more of a curiosity thing. As people at home can't say, you're a man of uh, multiple tattoos. Yes? Uh, let's say few, but very visible tattoos. Scattered, but Scattered, but visible. I think my question is in relation to, do tattoos in the dating world, for those people that are, you know, oh. you know cro- crossing, whatever, do tattoos narrow down your market? Do tattoos, are they a, are they, are they, are they a red flag that won't be crossed by some people? I know some people find them attractive, but do you think that tattoos would limit the people that would be interested in someone, you know, I know it's a superficial thing and no one wants to think of themselves as a I've got a good I've a got a good answer person. to this. Look, I think in the dating world, tattoos can be viewed in two ways. Either people love them or people hate them. There's not mm. really a gray area on face value. Um, yep. A lot of assumptions are made about people with tattoos, you know, uh, especially people that have got face tattoos and stuff like that. And there's plethora yep. of videos out there on the interwebs that talk about you know, people that are trying to get jobs with tattoos and they're struggling or people that are, you know, trying to live life with tattoos and people viewing them in a certain way. Now, very interesting you bring this up because in talking to Courtney, when we first got together about tattoos, she is a, let's call it a blank canvas. She does clean, not have... Clean skin. She is a clean skin. I think... The way she puts it is, you wouldn't put a bumper sticker on a Bentley. Now, yeah, I um, didn't say that. Did she said that on. Yeah, the she has said. It. She's said it a few times, and she might have said it on the podcast yeah. when she jumped on in. Now, mm-hmm. very interesting because I know that tattoos are not her thing, but I think that moving on from that, one of the very interesting sides of tattoos is if you can move past that and actually learn mm-hmm. about the person. Yep then maybe that's the type of person that you want to be in touch with. Because if people are judging you to a point of where they will not talk to you purely because of the way you look, yeah. why would I want to be friends with that person anyway? True. Do you think people would get tattoos if they didn't hurt? Um, would people get tattoos if it didn't hurt? I don't know. I think from an artistic perspective, yes. Do you think it's a pleasure is pain sort of ideology? I don't know. I think there's a concept to it. I see people with big sleeves and I know what I think of them straight away. I go, you know, at very least that would have hurt like a mother. You know, I'm not going to ruin our rating, but that would have hurt, hurt like a mother, right? And I just it hurt like a like motherfucker. It. There, yeah. I said it. Ah! 
We've got the explicit term on our thing. <laughs> yeah. But like if I had the like if it was a Sharpie and it was just as permanent and it was just as beautiful, yeah. would they do it? You know? Or does the underlying badassness of a tattoo, does that play a factor at all? Uh, potentially. Maybe especially because it is for life as well. Yeah. The idea that it's like the risk that you are taking and maybe it's like a risk taker thing. It's like, oh, I've actually yeah. got this on me for life. Or can I make that risk? Can yeah. I do that for life? Yeah. I'm a committed man. Committed man. Showing, showing commitment. It's like, power Look, to you. Put a, yeah. Someone put a ring on this finger. Like, I've got commitment. <laughs> I do not have commitment issues with tattoos. So why would I have commi- commitment issues with anything else? Yeah. It's like the, the dreadlocks. It's like, how do you know he's a committed man? He's like, you know how long those things take to grow? <laughs> I've, had this, I've had that exact Absolutely. conversation with, with our beautiful friend, Jared Peskett. I've had that exact conversation come out. It was just like, you know, am I a committed man? You know how long these take to make? This is an effort. This is a commitment to the years <laughs> in the process. And I mean, and it, actually, there's no process when it comes to these tattoos. This is, an, you know, the better part of two hours of sitting in a chair for the rest of my life. You know, you can get little top up, the touch-ups and things like that. Yeah. But you know what? I want to flip this question on you because I know you are not of clean skin. You do have a few faint tattoos and we have been discussing further tattoos of late. Yes, very much so. I'm, I'm, I, I think that's probably why I asked the question. I think I had a, uh, a couple of vouchers bought for me over, over recent birthdays that I haven't been able to use because of COVID. Um, and, think, yep. and, I'm, and I'm looking forward to hopefully cashing in on those vouchers down in Anadala, actually. I'm not sure. I haven't had a tattoo by them yet, and I, I hope they don't mind giving me a shout-out, but blank space down at Anadala, I'm going to... Um, you know, partake in a, you know, doing a, a few a, a few works that I'm really happy about and really proud about that I'll hopefully get underway soon. But you know, I just maybe maybe that's where my mind's at. Maybe my uh, my questions are coming in. I, I guess we'll we'll let socials know once they're all beautiful works of art on my body for a while. Can I tell you what I've thought about doing of late? Is it tattooing me because you're not doing it? Well, it can be, but do you know, um, I almost got, I almost got a social media job where um, I had to get a tattoo, but the reason I didn't get it is because I was actually away on this trip, but I'm kind of stuck with the idea and the idea is that, and I know there's a whole TV show about this, but I was going to let Courtney design a tattoo without me seeing it and it getting placed on my body. Bro. Um, I like risks. Yeah. As a friend, I say... You know that's a dumb decision, yeah. Of course, but I, I'm not saying that I'm not going to get a as a mate. Name as a mate, I say, me. let me know when they're filming because I want to be in the front row. <laughs> <laughs> well, in which case, I will let you know because I'm still I'm still pondering on this idea. Me. I'm still yeah. sitting with it. I just wonder how many inception meetings I have to get with Courtney in order for her to get the tattoo on you that I want, you know, but make her think it's her idea. <laughs> you want to spin yeah. that little turntable and let it run. Yeah, just, you know, just the puppet, the puppet here behind your whole experience as a, you know, as a, you know, social media tattooer, like tattooee. I was like, yeah. Tattooee. I'll tell you what, um, Shawnee boy, talk about, so on my body, I've currently got, you know, a few artistic designs and then animals because as anyone that is listening or for those that I think they know because I'm assuming that most people that listen have come to us from the channels of the socials. But for those that don't know about my tattoos, they're predominantly animal-based because Jack loves animals. Amazing. I love them. What about for you? So, what are your tattoos? What do you got? What's on that body? 
I have a little I have a little tattoo on my rib cage, which I got done with um, my best mate uh, Liam Huxville. Don't be offended. That's just a case. I've known him since I was all growing up. Huxy was moving to South America at the time on, on a big adventure, and I was moving to America at the time. So we got it before I left. Yep. I remember telling him long before because I was keen on the idea, and he wasn't keen on the idea. We got matching ones on our on our, on our rib cage, um, which mean nothing to anyone. Is it purely for the experience? Oh, we got it to be you know to signify you know our friendship and our and our enjoyment of like the the adventures which laid ahead of us, and it was to symbolise that time in our life, not so much, you know. But we we got three words, uh, and we put them in Latin because they meant something to us, and Latin derivations of our our fathers are quite learned gentlemen. Oh, I'm not going to say what it is, but it is very easy to tell people that in Latin it means live, laugh, love, and then you just like try and keep a straight face and then see what they think about it. Are you telling me it doesn't say that? It does not, but it it may as well say it. And I've also tried to convince people that it's a Harry Potter spell as well to get away with it. Oh, my gosh. And it's amazing, and I love it. And I'm sure he loves it. And if he, if it, I think... It, if he listens to this and he finds out that people say that I'm telling everyone it's live, laugh, love, and he's got it too, he's going to be pissed. He's going to be absolutely pissed. <laughs> you, know? you actually have live, laugh, love on your body. That's that's You've got carpe diem in some sort of variation. That is so... Ugh. Hey, carpe diem uh, to, you know, as an homage to Dead Poets Society and Robin Williams, I'm not against it. We don't have that, but I'm not against it. Anyone that has carpe diem, I hope you are carpeing the heck out of your DM. Too goddamn right. But I tell you what I've just realised... Having this discussion with you now, I don't think we've really opened up about you on the podcast. Now we've 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 like I'm learning more about your your beautiful artwork that has been imprinted on your body. But like yeah. the people don't really know you, and I think they know me from a you know a derivative of a TV show, maybe from my socials, and then <laughs> also because I opened up a bit on this uh, podcast once before. Yeah, but. Sean, I want to hear about you. We've had a little little bit of back and forth uh, in the past about, you know, you went to America as yeah. a, a small boy because you used to bounce balls for a living. Yeah, um, I used to put a leather, the leather sphere in a metal ring. Is, uh, that's what I used yep. to try and do often. And you also used to get photos taken of you in <laughs> very minimal clothing, as shredded as you were. There was a time. Uh, not in those proportions, though. Everyone likes to put them on the even keel. Like, basketball was a, a significant part of my life for the better part of two decades. Um, it's something that I really I really committed my life to and I really loved. Um, but when people tell my American story, it's always, Sean played basketball. Yeah. And he, and he modelled. And it's just like, holy shit, that sounded, <laughs> that sounded like it was the same length. You know, in my head, like, I was like, a dedicated like athlete. I, I was really fortunate enough to represent Australia a few times, and I was really like you know it was it was something that I really hung my hat on. If someone was like, "Oh, what do you do?" I was like, "You oh, were a representative of your country." I that is the I type even, of person you are. Yeah, I, I, I even like got the the captain's role for one of the tours, and I was really like, I was I, I was really proud of it. And then like, and then in the same sentence, people were just like, "Oh, Andy's a model," and people were like, "Oh," and because it's so much more relatable, like everyone's taken a picture before. Everyone's like, "Oh, tell us about that." I was like what the fuck? Like, come on now. <laughs> like, that's where, that's where you go with this? Like, that's, I was like, bitch, I made, I made it to the Ivy League. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to Penn, baby. Oh yeah, I'm smart as fuck and I used to be good as shit and all you want to know about is me walking around my fucking undies? Jesus. Yes. Come on, man. Yes. Well, you've got to be quite a good looking guy to walk around flamboyantly in your undies and get photos taken of you. <laughs> don't, don't beat around the bush. And, um, you know, for those that are wondering, you are, you are a very, 
good looking guy. I mean, I remember when we first um, released this podcast, I got quite a few messages saying, um, you know, if I listen, does he come with it sort of idea? Can I see more photos of him? Ooh, hunky. Super, uh, for, and, you know, I've said this before, tall, dark and handsome, but the best... Uh, derivative of or at least the best explanation of you and anytime someone asks me i just go if you've seen not the new ones but the classic superman but the clark kent variation oh, you look like <laughs> clark kent look i'm <clears throat> minus the muscles sans muscles you know with the cd you are, you are the, the walking clark it. kent you are oh, walking mate, Clark Kent. That's uh, that, that, that's a bit too kind, and I'm not I'm not I'm not going to take it. But I'll, uh, I I am a white dude with an eighty twenty haircut. You know exactly. And w- yeah. and what about the relationship status? Where are you currently at? Um, I remember when you like just we, as you as you were talking about with those those messages at the at the time that we this ball started rolling. There was um, a significant other which I. Um, cared for and still care for deeply. Um, and I remember her being like, I know what girls are like. This podcast, and she was a bit concerned, so I was a bit of, you know, re- reassuring her at the time. Um, and like I said, I still, you know, love and care for her deeply, but she's since decided that, oh, we've come to, you know, she's since decided that it's uh, time for us to move on um, ah. because of where she's at right now. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. I think there was a lot of holding on for a long time, which makes me a little bit, it's taken me some time to process. So I think, yep. you know, I wouldn't consider myself fully done with that process, but I'm engaged in that process and really trying to understand. I it think from, I've got a, have her, I got an explanation of this for the people wanting to, to really simplify this? Are you single, but maybe not available at this point? Uh, yeah. Definitely, I'm, I'm. I don't think I'm, I'm. I don't think I'm available. And I know, I know for a fact, because she is such a private person, and I am also a really private person. So he starts a podcast. Yeah, the, <laughs> she, she she definitely is not going to um, appreciate this. But I'm also an honest person, and this is, I guess, part of my process. And if I'm going to respect where she's coming from, I'm I'm really hoping that she can respect where I'm coming from too. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, if if we are to bring into the very wise words of uh, Ron Burgundy, played by Will Ferrell in Anchorman, you wanted to shout it from a mountain, but you didn't have a mountain. You had a microphone and a podcast. That's all you could shout it from. It's a proverbial mountain. It's a proverbial mountain. And um, yeah, she's, she's awesome. She, I, I, I let her know articulately in many different ways how I felt about her and um, she wasn't at the same place and that's okay. <laughs> cool. No, and that's good to know, you know. At the end of the day, it's uh, everything's a learning curve and I know from your angle, and I'm, you know, I've got a reasonably detailed, being friends with you for as long as I have, you know, I've got a reasonably detailed understanding of your past relationships and, mm-hmm. you know, the woes and falls and ups and oh, downs God. of was, all of was, those. It was a hot minute. I, I was trying to, I trying to, I probably told her as well as well, but I it was like, I spent a really long time single. I spent, a, I spent the better part of a decade single and I was really, I know. I was really good at it. I was good at just being in my own company and in my own space. And, and I remember being like, the next time I get in a relationship, it's going to be the real thing and I'm going to be ready. And I, and I, I ended up getting to that through my own mental health journey and getting to a place where I thought I could be a good partner. And um, 
because of that, egocentrically, I was like, oh, the world's going to be ready too. The world's going to be ready. Absolutely. Because I'm ready. I'm ready. The world's... And I, you know, I was at a place where I could really throw myself out there. And um, I'm pretty proud of that. I'm pretty proud of, you know, getting to that Good place. Boy. Pretty proud of getting getting to that place within myself where I could, uh, I could at least... Yeah, put my put my best foot forward and not hide behind any mirrors or walls. I kind of just like you know what's and all type stuff, and that's a shitty feeling. It's a shitty, shitty feeling. Being vulnerable sucks ass, you know. Like, and it hurts, especially when it's not reciprocated. But it's also a moment of pride where I've looked back on it and just said, you know, it took a long time to get there. It, it took a, a genuinely long time yep. to get there, and I will be proud of that process um it, you know it took me like i said the better part of a decade to realize i wanted to be in a relationship and then it took my time with with her to realize that i i, I was ready for it and I, I genuinely am and was engaged in the process so that's something that i will definitely be proud about and look at the end of the day i think the a really important part of um you know, the learning curve from this because at the end of the day, we are all on our own journeys of learning and seeing the positives is what this podcast is all about. And the positive for you is not the fact that you found love, but you are able to allow love into your life, right? And isn't that such yeah. a such a great thing? Being able to be loved is hard. As you said, it, yeah. do, it does hurt times. It does, um, uh, vulnerability is not a, not an easy thing. And mm-hmm. for those listening that that have been through those moments, been through the the ups and downs and woes of what, let's say, dating and or relationships are, like there, there are tough mm-hmm. times. There are um, dating. There dating are relationships. legitimately sounds horrible to me right now. I'm sorry for anyone that's going through it that's ready on that part of their journey. Oh, love and power to you. Anyone that's out there doing it, you are amazing. And I hope that you know, with anything, hope you find peace in yourself when you're happy enough to take that happiness to someone else and you're not looking to someone else for happiness. But, yeah, power to you. That's the thing, right? Is the, There's a point in everyone's time when you are ready to be loved, not mm. just searching for it, you know? And there is that time and there is a big difference. And for those that are ready to be loved, absolutely. And, you know, uh, unfortunately, you've just gone through a time that has been a trying time relationship-wise. <laughs> so... You're not at that stage in life, you know, you're not at that stage at the moment, but, you know, for a little bit of a plus side, I know one day you're going to be a daddy. I know one day some girl's going to come on into your life and sweep you off your feet and I'm going to be, you know, little Uncle Jack taking those kids out, being (laughs) the the absolute legend that I am. (laughs) And, you know, I just love kids, all right? I just want to... Fine. I'm with you, man. Someone, which I, someone. I, I, I like other people's kids right now. I don't think I'm in a time to. That's going to sound gross. No, but like I like like I'm an uncle. I'm a very. You like uncle. other people's kids? I know, right? Cut that out, like cut that out. No, no, no. I, I like, I, like I love, I love like my sister. Being an uncle is phenomenal, right? Because you get them, you have fun with them, you pump them full of sugar, you give them back when they're messy. Fantastic, right? That's where I'm at. That's that's where yeah. I'm at. Hux and I, uh, Hux's beautiful wife, was away at a, a wedding over the weekend. Hux, Hux is on paternity leave. So I had brekkie with Hux and his beautiful baby, Rory. Honestly, yep. gorgeous, gorgeous kid, right? And Hux is... Nothing but smiles or was there a bit of mess? Oh, it, uh, for me, it was nothing but smiles. Like hanging out with Rory is Great. awesome. And Liam is like watching Liam transition into fatherhood 
is it's what I thought he'd do. This guy's one of the most capable people you're ever going to meet. But like you see him kind of transition to this new stage of his life in open stride, and it's amazing. But then again, I was there for Brecky. You know, I saw him get put down. He went down really easily, right? Did I see him get messy? <laughs> nah. You know, I think Liam mate, changed him one time. I was outside. Didn't do nothing. Unreal. Waited till Liam was done. You know, probably had a glass of water, made a cup of tea. Yeah, of course. It was easy. Yeah. Best part of kids. No, that's took, okay. took, took him to Brecky. Gave him a hold, give him a cuddle, give him back. See, I'm getting to a point with children now where, and you should see Courtney, by the way, with kids. It's it's adorable. Some would say the word clucky. Mm-hmm. I look at kids and then I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I want one. <laughs> I want it. Yeah. I want one now. You know, like, I love them yeah. so much and they're so cute. It's like, it's like I'm starting to shift my love. Uh, not that I've diminished this at all because I can love two things yeah. very easily. But... um. My love for dogs is starting is tr- it's starting to be matched by my love for it's, children. You can you can take, but the I don't like the word transition you. because my love for dogs is still a hundred percent there. But trust me, and you will see this on my social soon. I've got a yeah. um a bit of a thing of dogs of Tel Aviv. I've met mm-hmm. so many dogs. Oh my gosh! And tell you what, I've also met. Obviously, not taking photos of. I've taken photos of the dogs, but slightly inappropriate to take photos of children. So I've also met a whole bunch of cute kids, and I'm not going to yeah. take photos of the kids because that is so not okay. <laughs> but it's been unreal. Uh, going back to you know, and this is really interesting to kind of segue into the conclusion of today, Shawnee boy. I do want to discuss some very interesting things that I've noticed on this trip, mm. and. That is the country that is, you know, uh, known as Israel, is a very interesting place. Uh, the people are lovely that I've met. Everyone's been great. Many cultural differences, but also there is a lot of history here. And it's so interesting to hear all about the history. And, you know, the, the, there's been a lot of conflict in this area. At the end of the day, we are in the Middle East. It is a conflictual space. There's a lot of let's say, a lot of ongoing tension between mm-hmm. some people here. And it's yep. it really has made me sit back and, you know, I don't want to get into the full political debate because at the end of the day, I don't know enough and it's not my place. But it's really interesting to see how these people have to live their lives with this level of political tension and extra thought processes and how blessed we are to be in a country that doesn't really have that. We are in a, a very stable country comparatively. Uh, Australia, at the end of the day, is safe at 99.999% of the time. Mm. We don't have to worry about political conflicts too much. I mean, sure, there's economically political... Economic politics is definitely something that is very relevant because Australia pegs itself off a lot of countries economically. But in terms of safety and, you know, uh, war... uh, civil unrest and things like that. It just doesn't really exist in Australia, right? And exploring this country has really opened my eyes to... So, all the men here and women have to go straight from school between the ages of 18 to 21, so it's 19 and 20, for two years or three years, depending on whether you're a man or a woman. You have to go straight to the army. And it's very interesting. It's not something we ever experience in Australia. And it's just... I know that my grandfather, my nonno... He did that in Italy. It was compulsory, you know, back in way back when, you know, that's in the 50s, uh, 50s and 60s when he did that. But it, it just doesn't really exist for us. And it's so yeah. eye-opening to see that still happening in 2021 and the cultural 
the cultural normality of that here as well. You yeah. know, they're, they're proud of what they're doing. And, and I'm, I'm neither here nor there. I, I do believe in, you know, thinking it's a great thing for discipline and a great way to oh, yeah. train and grow as a person. But I also am a huge, huge, huge uh, disbeliever in conflict. Yeah. So, um, Pacifist. that's a very interesting thing. I just wanted to bring that up with you because it's just yeah. it's so crazy. Yeah, I, I'm. You know? I'm, I'm aware. I'm aware of the um, national service that they have in Israel um, because of. Yeah. Uh, I had some really good friends when I was over. The funnily enough, their last name was Aviv. Um, when I was living <laughs> in Miami, they lived in Boca Raton. Um, they opened my eyes to a lot of the, um, a lot, a lot of parts of. Jewish culture in the way that, you know, I was over for Shabbat dinner and Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. I had those celebrations with them and they were wonderfully welcoming and some of the greatest people you'll, you'll, you'll ever meet. And yeah, it was, it was definitely, uh, you know, having, having their experiences and learning from them was, was eye-opening. They also had the birthright thing in America. American, American citizens that are from Jewish families have a, 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 what I understand is a subsidized trip to um, Israel that they do, um, which is government Quite possibly. Paid. I'm not aware. Yeah, it's called, it's called a birthright trip, and it's, I know it's a heavily subsidised. I don't know if it's free, but I know it's a heavily subsidised visit to uh, Israel for uh, American Jewish people. Jewish people, yeah. yeah. Um, mm. And that's the thing. I actually went to a cultural Shabbat dinner here. Uh, oh, how did that, eh? A lovely, lovely lady. Her name was Hilda. Mm-hmm. Um and she led us into her home. It is what she does. She's a chef by trade, and this is what she does. She lets people into her home to experience uh, what a Shabbat dinner is. And Shabbat Shalom was said many a time, you know, and yeah. we were sitting there. Uh, I was in awe of her, how gracious she was for us. And, you know, on the flip side of that, last night we went to a beautiful Arab Muslim uh, Bedouin town, which is a Bedouin is a group of people, uh, all of um, Muslim belief that have a connection to the ancient ways of which they used to Mm -hmm. basically live life. So a lot of it is a lot of poverty. There's a lot of rules and regulations, both between men and women and between the way that they live their lives, the way that they find work, the way that they pass things down through family and within the, they call them tribes. And we got to go to this amazing dinner um, with this beautiful lady, uh, Ilham was her name. And Mm -hmm. she walked us through how she's only very recently in her, not so late, you know, she wasn't very old, but, you know, in her the 30s and 40s has been able to start a business because women weren't able to start a business before that. And she got to start her own skincare business and has started to, uh, you know, basically oh, you support herself you and her husband. Skincare. You would have hated that. <laughs> I, How did that conversation come up? <laughs> well, let's just say that I am a... I'm starting to see the effects of aging on my <laughs> soul skin and it's you been a very eye-opening... <laughs> and it was incredible. So I've seen, you know, two very different cultures within the same country here and it's been mm. um been quite an experience and you know, I can't wait to show you Sean and uh put up on the socials a few photos from this experience. It's oh, been yeah. very very great. Can't wait. Yeah, do they still have the no electricity on the the, the Shabbat? I I've, I've heard some pretty funny stories yes, of tour, to tourists that have 
driven through the town and suffered some friendly fire on like the from the locals being like you know throwing other you know bottles and stuff not not glass bottles but like coke bottles at cars until they stopped and then once they stopped just being like on your way you just can't use the cards here on the <laughs> you know on, you know you can't use yeah. cards here on a saturday yeah so um there are some very uh it's all based on levels of how how um religious you are and how religious your beliefs mm-hmm. are so there's different sects in that regard you know the really traditional individuals will be yep uh, completely to the point of where they don't turn lights on. They don't do anything on Saturday mm. because that uses energy and you can't use energy for that. But I have I did not experience that because for the Shabbat time frame that we were here, we were in not Jerusalem, we were in Tel Aviv, which is quite a progressive city. Oh, okay. And it doesn't yeah. really stick to those morals. There are cafes open and there are things to do. You do see okay. a difference. The streets are empty comparatively to a Friday or any other day of the week. Yeah, okay. But yeah. It's been interesting. Now, Shawnee boy, to end off our chat today, I hope you got to live vicariously through me for, you know, this beautiful episode of Jack's Travels to Israel and let's learn about Sean. But I will be catching up with you and a very special guest tomorrow, which we'll be releasing on Friday this week for a little bonus episode. Pink mustache? We've got two people. There'll be one yep. this week and one next week. One is an individual that rocks a beautifully pink moustache. And the other mm-hmm. one is a man who has been through some and ongoing incredible struggles and how he's come out the other side of those struggles, both Thank with you. health, physically, mentally, and everything in between. It's quite an amazing story and I can't wait for us both to sit down with him and for the people listening to this podcast to tune on in for that episode and, you know, for those two exciting guests to jump on into our sack. Can't wait. It'll be unreal. Sean, once again, my friend, you've been great in the sack. Don't forget that everyone can, you know, like, subscribe, follow on in the sack underscore podcast on Insta, TikTok, all the fun things. So, can't wait to share the stories of the future two guests that we've got coming on and for everyone to listen on in to our little bits of shits and giggles for every Wednesday at 6am. Ciao.